1: Hello and welcome back to the best best ball show on Rotovis Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overton Marlin. Delighted to be joined again on the show and on the entire series by Zachary Kruger, who you can follow on Twitter at ZK underscore It has been a lot of fun bringing you through the series so far and we continue to, to ramp up the episodes here, bring it all your way over the, the next couple of weeks throughout the offseason. I know best ball It's becoming more and more popular. We've been playing it for a number of years but uh, I can see it uh, just gaining traction more and more each and every season and I think uh, if you've listened to the show so far you'll know why uh, we love it and uh, why it's time to either dip your toes in or continue to lead yourself towards success in your leagues. On today's show we are going to be talking about the benefits of drafting early. Now this might be something that you need to think about for 2022 um, because when we're talking about early we might be talking about pre-draft, we might be talking about just post-draft. When we're getting into you know July, August time uh, it doesn't really have the same effect. So it is something that's uh, a really keen part of uh, anyone that listens to Sean on the podcast, drafting early uh, and ourselves as well and Curtis done some great work recently in terms of drafting early. Um, rookies before the rookie draft and how much their value increases after the rookie draft and um, so you know there is there is an edge to be had there what we're looking here is to identify those edges and be able to use them and also another area of that is exploiting the uncertainty before free agency and as i mentioned there the draft as well to help win your best ball leagues i guess the first question is we're talking about early um, you know how early does the early bird catch that worm in terms of best ball drafting, Zach?
2: <laughs> well, that's a very good question, Colm. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure if you've ever experienced this, but I, I know I personally have. When you explain to some of your friends that you're doing uh, any kind of fantasy draft and they look at you like you're a little crazy because they know that the Super Bowl just ended a week or two ago. But that is how early some of <laughs> these teams get started, some of these drafts get started. Uh, so to just kind of go over it really quickly... Uh, The FFPC, their ADP for this season dates back to January 16th, which is literally while the NFL playoffs were still going on. So before the Super Bowl even occurred, you could be drafting FFPC best ball teams and you know, evaluating games, watching things. Maybe you think there's an edge in, in the way you're watching teams in the playoffs that you think could be exploitable in the twenty twenty one best ball season. So there the FFPC gets you started off very early. For best ball tens, it's nearly as early. Their lobbies have started opening on February tenth of this year, which is just a couple of days after the Super Bowl ended. So when we're starting early, like we're we're talking pretty early. The the football <laughs> the football season really never stops. Uh, so they start opening up early. They kind of give you a chance to maybe start predicting how you think things might play out for certain players over the next several months. These are these are drafts that are taking place before the NFL uh, draft has started, even before NFL free agency has started. So I think there's a little bit of fun that can also be had in trying to predict who you think may land where or how you think a player may be valued based on... Uh, the upcoming season before we even know what's going to happen. Those are where you're either going to find your tremendous values or perhaps even sometimes horrible buys, which we can we can talk about that in a little bit. But it, it's a lot of fun. It starts really early. And there's uh, there, there's, a, there's a significant edge to be had there in doing so.
1: Yeah, supposed to. it can work out positively, it can work out negatively. We'll probably touch on both of those a little bit in the show, but it does have a significant edge there as well. In terms of the, the way that we look at some of these players, in terms of getting ahead of the public, another edge I think can be is you can see how the ADP moves over those months. So if you're looking, even if you're not drafting, but if you're looking at that ADP in February, you can see how it moves after the free agency period, you can see how it moves through the draft process, through the after the draft where these players land. You can start to see how the draft and the the ADP moves. And the thing is if you're looking at it yearly, you start to be able to see the trends of where maybe somebody is dropping. And you know, in previous years you've seen multiple players drop like that and then they're in the 10th round and all of a sudden then at the end of the season people are wondering why was that player in the 10th round? Somebody like last year looking back to the seventh round, somebody like a Stefan Diggs Why was he at that point? Why had people given up on him? The value then becomes very significant. Then people are drafting him in the second round this year. And then if he doesn't do well, people start saying that he's not a good player anymore. And then the process sometimes revolves itself. But We see players fall into that like maybe a Tyler Boyd where year on year on year or Jarvis Landry always are overlooked a little bit in terms of the fantasy and the public and you can start to identify those trends year on year as well um so i think there's a lot of different ways just i enjoy looking at the adp seeing how it's moving um throughout the offseason and again the other thing that does is it makes you more aware that you're not just diving into a player at their the peak of their value if they were in the seventh round now they're up to the fourth round after the draft. After how things have played out and then all of a sudden you're drafting them at their peak so lots of different ways we can we can look into it from there i touched on a couple of things there that i find that are are interesting in those early drafts but what are some of the the main things that we we should all be considering when drafting early
2: so we talked about in the previous in the previous question here we talked about kind of having the opportunity to play a uh, fortune teller predictor and 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 guessing to some degree what we think is going to happen in the coming months with different players as they either look to move teams in free agency or get drafted into the nfl and i think one thing that you really need to be super aware of when you're doing these drafts is just the overall team situation or things that a team may do leading up to either free agency or the draft i can tell you a couple stories here i'll tell you one real quick and maybe the second but one thing that i had done early on in this off season was when I was doing my drafts, I had been drafting Jeff Wilson uh, at, at his ADP at the time, which is much earlier than it is now after they added Trey Sermon. But the reason I did that was because uh, Jeff Wilson had a very solid 2021 season uh, he was entering the 21-21 offseason as a restricted free agent, which means that other teams can offer him a contract and the 49ers and have a chance to match that deal if they wish to uh, or let him go to that other team. But instead, what they actually did is they went and they extended him soon after the NFL season had ended, which I thought was very interesting because if you remember back to 2020, it was Raheem Mostert who was looking for a new deal, and the 49ers pretty much didn't want to give it to him. But what they ended up doing was they ended up giving him the deal when he threatened to hold out. So I thought it was interesting that we watched them last year not want to pay up for running back. They should restall them, want to pay up for running back and keep somebody. I thought that that was kind of maybe them tipping their hands that they were hoping to use him uh you know early and often this season now they went out and they drafted Trey Sermon from Ohio State in the third round of the draft this year and it was recently announced that Jeff Wilson is undergoing surgery he's going to probably miss the first few weeks of the season so perhaps me trying to predict that didn't work out as well but it was something that I kind of viewed as an indicator that may be a good sign of things to come and that his price tag may perhaps be a little bit too low.
1: Yeah, it can be, like this is one of the ones where it can, can work out both ways. I know the other player that uh, you mentioned, I think, in on one of the previous episodes on the series was um, A.J. Dillon in terms of we thought that Aaron Jones was out of town with the Packers. Uh, I, am I correct in remembering that that was one of the players that you were also looking at?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's who I was going to get into. I was drafting A.J. Dillon. I can't remember what his ADP was at the time. I want to say it was probably somewhere around the fourth or fifth round of drafts And that was looking really, really sweet at the time because Aaron Jones was, you know, being talked about as basically already one foot out the door. He was going to go to Miami or he was going to go to some other team that really needed a running back that was the Packers. And Jamal Williams was gone and A.J. Dillon was just going to be the guy. And I was grabbing him as price tag thinking that where I'm getting him right now, he's going to be valued much higher when we finally have the official word that Aaron Jones is gone. Then I got an alert on my phone that Aaron Jones re-signed with the Packers. I realized that all of my AJ Dillon shares had all but gone up in flames, and he's now a zero RB candidate who I drafted in the early rounds. Unfortunately, uh, you know, bad decision. But I want to say necessarily bad decision. Maybe just bad prediction. We obviously aren't going to be 100% on any of the on all of these predictions, but trying at least to hit on a few of them can certainly give you that edge if, uh, if it does go your way. Everybody who was drafting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire early before the draft last season probably benefited from those first couple of games he was giving them at his fifth round of ADP where they got him compared to the first round ADP where everyone's getting him after the draft.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: yeah no exactly and you mentioned there you know the the jones situation i I didn't see that coming being a packers fan i didn't think he was going to be back as how long it went in that process the other thing is at the adp that you got him maybe not a good thing at the end of the season I think that AJ Dillon's still going to have quite a bit of value to people who draft him from now on. I think he's one of those people who falls into the zero RB category, but I think he also is a player who, um, regardless of injury, people consistently overlook the amount of work that Jamal Williams got for the Packers, and Jamal Williams now is no longer with the Packers, which leads to opportunity for Dylan who also was heavily used well heavily is a strong word but used a lot more than he had been up until the playoffs used a lot more in those last couple of weeks and um, he's a big boy I think we're going to see more of him using Green Bay this year and um, so it's going to be interesting over the, the next couple of months to see how that goes obviously Aaron Jones is going to be the main man there but um, most NFL backfields at the moment we're seeing those reps split we're seeing the opportunity split because we, we know NFL teams now also know the fragility at the position, a bit like ourselves when we're drafting these players. So um, I think there's still value there. And Dylan, just maybe not at the uh, at the spot that we were taking him uh, a couple of months ago.
2: Yeah, I might have been
1: a little bit ahead of him, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Hopefully he still gets us some,
2: some good value there.
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, in terms of uh, any other players that you're thinking, if we're heading in here looking at uh, training camp battles, um, how are we making those decisions on who comes out on top of off those training camp battles? Maybe is it down to personal preference? You know, maybe some of the the metrics that we're looking at for those players. How are we trying to factor those decisions and then get those guys on our roster and make sure we have the right one of the two, maybe in that camp battle?
2: Yeah, so when it comes to looking into different players who we want to be adding at this point in this season, one thing that we would be foolish to not consider is the fact that injuries do happen, even though we never cheer for them. Injuries do happen, and players can see their ADP boosted because of an injury to another player who might be ahead of them. Two players who I think who are very common right now who people are drafting uh, in, as perhaps insurance in case a player ahead and did go down would be Gus Edwards or Tony Pollard. They both have rather late ADPs, both going in the double-digit rounds of FFPC drafts. Those are players who play on offenses who could really benefit from their usage if the player ahead of them were to ever go down. They would probably be immediately plugged in and asked to, to support a rather large role. So those are players who I would be looking for uh, to target just in terms of the, the insurance of an injury. Even if I don't have someone like J.K. Dobbins or Ezekiel Elliott those are players you could see being propped up uh, by their own team if an injury were to take place, and they probably may- still have some standalone value even at the current ADP. But as far as training camp battles go, the two players who I'm really looking at right now are Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, both quarterbacks of the New Orleans Saints. I'll give you their ADP in a second, but it seems like everyone is a little bit hesitant to pull the trigger too early on either of these quarterbacks, even though we know that one of them is likely to emerge as a starter. I, I don't know who the third quarterback on the Saints is at this time, which tells me that we're probably making a pretty good bet on one of these two guys. But Winston is going right now at 158.5 ADP as a quarterback 29. Taysom Hill is going at 218.5 ADP, uh, which is quarterback 32. And let's not forget that they're playing an offense where we have Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas already ready to go. Maybe even Al- Adam Troutman gives us some usable weeks. This could by all accounts, be a very good offense, even though Drew Brees is retired. We've seen both of these quarterbacks produce as top 12 fantasy quarterbacks. Obviously, Jameis Winston has a larger body of work with the multiple years he spent in Tampa Bay, but even Taysom Hill was the quarterback nine overall last season between weeks 11 and 14 when he started in place of Drew Brees. These are quarterbacks right now we can take as our quarterback three in these drafts. They have ambiguous quarterback situations, and I think that one of these players is going to have a much higher ADP down the road compared to when we're talking about them now on May 31st. These guys are pretty much being overlooked in smaller leagues. They would be going virtually undrafted. So getting it on them now in these larger larger draft leagues, I think is a very good edge to try to gain if you have enough confidence that one of them is going to be the starter, or if you're doing enough teams maybe do uh, what, what everyone's favorite word is in the best ball industry, but diversify your portfolio a little bit and take some of each of them. And now you're going to be covered either way.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree with that as well. Um, I was just looking up there, uh, 133rd draft uh, selection this year. Um, and the NFL draft was in Book, who is that third quarterback on the Saints uh, depth chart. So, who knows? Uh, maybe there's the value. Maybe we need to really diversify, get a few shares in there. The other uh, current uh, player on the roster is Trevor Simeon on the practice squad, um, former Broncos quarterback. So um, if things get down there, we're <laughs> the Saints are going to be in, in quite a bit of trouble uh, this season. Um, in terms, then I agree very much with that, and we mentioned the Broncos there, like... Um, We do have a similar situation with their quarterbacks, both going pretty late. Even Cam Newton uh, and Mac Jones going pretty late. So there's the same situation going on with a lot of those at this early point. But when you're looking at like, you know, quarterback 29, quarterback 32, you're really, um, you know... one of those guys is likely to to finish a lot higher than that and give you that upside. And you know, fair enough, Jameis Winston. We've seen him. He can throw the ball all over the yard, but he's also going to throw it to the other team probably quite a bit. We haven't really seen him playing since he got that. Uh, I think it was lazy eye surgery. So we'll um, we'll see if that changes. But I think if you're looking for the upside, I think you're probably looking. We talked about the Konami code at quarterback. I think Taysom Hill fits that a little bit more, and I think um, he could be the the inside one there. That's uh, very very interesting. For me so in terms of uh, i know you wanted me to probably give a couple of guys that maybe i'm interested in this time you actually had on one of them uh, it's not a case it's it's one of those kind of zero rb targets that I, i'd probably be mentioning in there and that was tony pollard there's a couple of guys in there that are, are really interesting for me um and that there's not really a camp battle but that's just a player that I'm always intrigued by but uh, I have picked up I uh, mentioned there the New England quarterbacks picked up some shares of those I've been doing similar with that and um, there is some players this particular moment in time that a lot of them are going pretty close together um, but the ones that I'm looking at at the moment are those Broncos wide receivers um, the Cowboys wide receivers are going pretty close together but I think that those guys are all going to have success. We're seeing the Bengals' uh, top two guys there uh, and Jamar Chase going pretty early and then we're having um, T Higgins as well. But I think they're going to all have success. It's not a situation where we're looking at quarterbacks or running backs where one of those guys is going to be the starter and the other guy's going to have significantly less value so it's going to be interesting to see how those things shake out but um looking into you know before the draft i was very very interested in the wide receiver class coming in here particularly jamar chase um you know i didn't really i know it's not the right thing probably to look at it but i didn't really care where he landed i thought that he's just a a phenomenal player going to have phenomenal upside i probably would have preferred if he didn't actually land beside t higgins who's one of my other favorite young players but um I think the the upside's there, and Curtis did do some great work recently. Um, Curtis Patrick, that is, looking at drafting before the draft and how that ADP increases pretty much year on year um, for those top prospects. So lots of interesting uh, information in that as well. I would highly recommend the listeners go and check that out. But that is going to get us towards the end of the show in terms of uh, drafting early and what we can try and gain from insights for that as i mentioned might be for next year but it's just something to to have at the back of your mind to see where we can gain that additional edge um, and and you know try and try and win as many leagues as we can moving forward that's going to do it for today's edition of the series it is the, the best best ball show on rotoviz radio check out all the great work as well up on rotoviz.com and if you or so inclined. Drop us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app. My name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Marlin. My co-host for the series is Zachary Kruger. Follow him on Twitter at ZK underscore FFB. Until we're back with the next episode of the show, of course, have a good one.